All right. Um, welcome back, everyone, for another episode of Talk to Tatiana's show. And I want to welcome Elizabeth Kristoff to the show. Elizabeth, welcome. Tell us where you are in the world and introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about what you do. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I am in Austin, Texas, and I am the founder of Brain-Based Wellness, which is a virtual platform that teaches people to train their nervous system. And by training your nervous system, you can become more resilient, you can overcome unwanted behaviors, you can resolve stress through your body, and really make behavior change at a deep physiological level rather than just in the cognitive mind. So I, I really help people achieve behavior change both in their body and their mind. That's awesome. And what kind of results do people experience uh, when working with you and your platform? So a lot of people come to me initially because they're either in pain or they're just exhausted. They're burnt out. A lot of my clients are very high driving women who want to put a lot into their careers or their businesses, but they find that they keep getting shut down by their body. They fall into migraine or pain or just total exhaustion, fatigue, and burnout. And they want to be able to build these big lives that they're creating and not have to sacrifice their health or their relationships, their passion, in order to also have a purpose-driven life where they can keep expanding into their potential. And so by training the nervous system through different input systems, like training your eyes and your inner ear and stimulating important cranial nerves, I help people move their baseline of their nervous system to a different state so that they're under less stress, less threat on a second by second basis. Their respiration is better. The input systems coming into their brain are better. And so they can handle more of life stress without experiencing those unwanted outputs like pain, like dizziness, like exhaustion that they don't want. That's, that's great. That's awesome. Um, Sounds really interesting, and thank you so much for being on the show and sharing what you do. Um, I am curious as to how all of that started. Where did you start? Yeah, so I've been a movement practitioner all my life. I had um, a couple studios here in Austin that taught mindful movement practices and athletic performance and um, body-based techniques, and then in 2014, I first went to my, my very first applied neurology certification because we were developing a teacher training program. And at that time, I understood that the future of movement science had to also do with brain science, that our body and our brain are not as separate as we might think. And there's no like tiny brain inside of your hip flexor telling it to be tight. Your brain is what's controlling how tight your muscles are. Your brain is what's controlling your pain and your strength and your range of motion. And so I knew that that was the direction that movement science was headed in. And so I started studying applied neurology, mostly for pain management and athletic performance. And then as I, as I took a deeper dive into applied neurology and kept going back and, and taking more courses and studying with more neurologists and, and trying to understand more, I began to really see that our nervous system is responsible for so much of our life experience and so much of our behavior, right? Um, everything that we're doing is our brain's best 
way to try to get the input and the stimulus that it needs, whether that's getting the regulation that it needs or getting a, a boost in, in, um, in stimulus that certain areas of the brain need. And my own life went through a pretty, um, pretty tumultuous time where I started to experience a lot of my own nervous system outputs that I didn't want, like extreme pain. I was binge eating pretty bad, which had been something that I struggled with my whole life, but it got really magnified at that time. Um, I was under a lot of financial stress and relationship stress. My partner at the time was diagnosed with a very rare cancer around his heart. So I was being a caretaker for him. And it was just a lot going on. And I began to notice in myself before these times where I would engage in unwanted behaviors or have a total shutdown or dissociate from my body, that I started to display a lot of the same signals that I would look for in my clients before they moved into pain or before they moved into muscle weakness, protective outputs. And I began to realize that my nervous system was trying to do what it could to keep me protected, to keep me from experiencing too much threat, too much stress for too long. And so it was creating these protective outputs. And if I could help my nervous system with new tools to regulate and train it to function in a healthier state, then it would actually make it possible for me to move out of some of these unwanted behaviors and to experience these stressors without harming myself. That's, um, that's pretty phenomenal. I mean, um, <laughs> um, everything you've talked about, I can relate to. Um, I think we often don't think of our body as a whole. And I was at a point um, a couple of years ago where I, you know, my body, I mean, we think that we're immortal when in our 20s and early 30s. And <laughs> And we think that, you know, we can just keep working hard with no consequences whatsoever. But it's actually, I realized that my body was telling me to um, take it easy, to slow down, to pay attention to it. And and so I did. So everything you're talking about is absolutely, like, and, you know, relatable to me. And I'm sure to uh, people who are listening or watching this interview. So thanks so much for sharing that. It's really, uh, really amazing. And um, when you started this um, program, this um, platform from a business perspective, what was your journey like? Well, the business just started last March. So we're just a little over a year old and we started right at the beginning of quarantine. And I really started the platform not knowing if I wanted to go into business again, because I had my own business for 12 years and I poured a lot of myself into that business and was deep in my workaholism at that time and tied so much of my identity to the business. And when it collapsed, it was really devastating to me. And it took me a long time to bounce back from that. And I was just kind of in this place where I was trying to find safety and get my footing in life again. But then I also knew that coming into quarantine, I didn't know what the world was going to look like, but I knew a lot of people were going to be facing the same stressors that I had been facing for the two years prior, a lot of health concerns, financial concerns, the global pandemic change. Change is very threatening to our brain because our brain functions on pattern recognition. So it's always trying to use that pattern recognition to efficiently make predictions that can keep us alive. So any kind of change, whether it's good or bad, 
is threatening to the brain and the world was changing a lot really quickly. So I knew that a lot of society was going to be dysregulated during this time. And I also had the experience of being very intimately able to see what happens to a nervous system that's dysregulated for too long, to see how nervous system dysregulation leads to disease, not only unwanted behaviors, but to autoimmune responses, to cancer. And so I knew that I really needed to put these tools and this information out into the world at this time. And so I just decided I'm going for it and built the platform and started just reaching out to my network and letting people know that I had this, that it was available to them. And it has just grown very organically ever since. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, So if you don't mind, uh, would you talk a little bit about your, both your prior business and this business now, kind of from a business perspective, what was that experience like in a sense that Was there anything that surprised you that, let's say, you didn't expect to have to deal with or didn't expect to handle or whatever? Um, Talk a little bit about that, if you you will. Yeah, absolutely. So I started my first business when I was young. I was 24. I was newly sober. I was just out of grad school and um, met my business partner and we just had a very special connection and started building this business. I've been a mover my whole life and without really even understanding it, I think I relied on movement to help me regulate my nervous system in times of stress. I have a lot of childhood trauma in my background and I think movement really saved me through a lot of those times. So I felt called to teach movement and to help other people come into their bodies and learn how to incorporate a movement practice into their daily life. And that's really what we did. And again, that business, it grew very quickly and very organically and um, expanded. Um, But I was also at the time, what I didn't know then that I know now is that I was really still very disconnected from my body. Uh, Even though I taught mindful movement, even though I believed in mind body practices, I was pretty dissociated. And I was deep, deep, deep in my workaholism. Like I said, I touched so much of my worth and my value to how the business was doing. If the business was safe, I was safe. If the business was successful, I was successful. If it failed, I was a failure. And I didn't have that healthy boundary between myself and my business. And it led me to deplete myself quite frequently. I would have periods of time where I would just work and work and work and run myself into the ground and then just crash, crash with a binge or a migraine or um, just go to bed and pull the covers over my head in exhaustion. And It wasn't until later when I started really understanding about how the nervous system works and about how our brain's primary job is to keep us alive, to keep us safe. And it's always making decisions based on safe or unsafe. And it knows that too much stress for too long is dangerous and causes disease. And that my brain was trying to get me to reduce the amount of stress and threat when it would have these periods of shutdown but I didn't know that at the time. And it just felt really frustrating. Like it was like my body was working against me and I pushed through and pushed through, but it was built on this foundation of unsustainable workaholism for me. And when I started to really change that and heal myself, things with the business started to fall apart. 
um, because it just, it couldn't, it couldn't last with me working the way that I was. And when I started to put the appropriate boundaries into place and, and find work-life balance and take care of my body and myself, things just didn't work. And there were other circumstances. There was a lot of stuff going on in the Austin market. Rent was getting very expensive. Costs were really high. It was a big, you know, confluence of things, but I do believe at the very bottom of it was the fact that I, I didn't have a healthy relationship to, to my business and myself. It was very codependent. And so what I've had to learn this time around is that while I love my clients and I'm passionate about the work that I do, my business is not myself. It's my worth is not tied up in the business. And I have to keep a pretty tight container around my own practices, the hours that I put in and taking care of my body and my health so that I can bring the energy and the life to this business and grow it in a way that will serve many without harming myself. I love that. It's, that's what I think everyone should be doing. Absolutely. Um, so in your current business, you're basically, um, I guess, applying the lessons that you've, the lesson that you've learned in your prior one, right? Yeah, I, um, and it's difficult because again, like change is hard, change is threatening to our brain. And we have all of these patterns that we're used to functioning on. And really our brain made those decisions a long time ago. It decided that, you know, if I can just work hard enough, I can ensure my survival. If I can, um, if I can, you know, be the best mover, if I can make the biggest impact, then I'm, I'm safe and everything is okay. And so my brain is always functioning on these old patterns, some that come from trauma, some that come from things I've learned in society or things that are passed down from family. But changing those is is difficult. So I have to really live the work myself. And I have my own practice of of training my nervous system, of training my visual system, upregulating my vagus nerve, doing all these things that allow me to face the stressors of, of behaving differently, of adopting new beliefs, of practicing new ideas. Like one of the things that I really struggled with in building this business was as growing up as a child, there was a lot of instability and sometimes violence. And so I had this belief that like visibility is dangerous. If I can just stay invisible, that's safer. And then growing a business and and being the face of it, you have to put yourself out there. And I'm being visible right now. I'm speaking to you here on this podcast. And so that holding on to that old belief that makes doing things like this really threatening to my nervous system. And so cognitively I can tell myself that visibility is an act of service or visibility is safe, but I also have to practice bringing my nervous system and my body on board with that. So before I'll do something like this, I'll do some neuro drills to calm and regulate my nervous system. Afterwards I'll do the same or maybe take a walk or a bath or do something that I know my nervous system likes. And so I'm constantly learning how to teach my body and my nervous system that these new beliefs are safe and how to process the stress of taking these new actions through my body instead of just thinking through it in my cognitive mind so that I can really show up and do this business differently than the past. Yeah, I love it. I mean, I got goosebumps uh, on my my hands from you talking about it. Um, 
Yeah, I totally can um, relate to the visibility. I um, was in an abusive relationship uh, 17 years ago, and um, it took a while to get out of it, but also it took about 15 years to not be afraid to be visible. Mm -hmm. Um, But I realized that I just have to ignore um, the fear because um, I've read read this book, and I'm sure you've heard about that that book. It's called um, The Gift of Fear. Um, and the book really allowed me to trust my intuition again. And what was um, eye-opening for me, and you've just touched on that also, um, was that our brain picks up signs that we don't consciously pick up always. And we should trust our brain. So if we feel fear, we should trust that fear uh, because it's really a gift. Um, but at the same time, um we sometimes face this paranoia based on past experiences um, that we just, I just, life and fear is just not right to me. So I can totally relate to that. And I um, thank you for, uh, for sharing that. I'm sure it wasn't easy and it's not easy to share and to, um, to talk about it. Um, so when, you know, now that you have, kind of your business. And I, what I loved what you said was that you practice what you preach, because that's something that I believe in. When I was um, working as in a CPA firm, you know, back in the day, um, most partners did their taxes on the last possible day. And I couldn't understand it. I thought like, you're the accountants, you should be doing <laughs> your taxes like early. But what I've realized is that people hate doing their taxes. People hate talking about them, thinking about them, paying for them, doing them, whatever. Um, And accountants are not an exception to that. Well, uh, traditional accountants. I don't consider myself one anymore. But when I started my own practice, I decided, you know what? First thing I'm going to do is I'm going to practice what I preach. I believe in excellence. I believe in good records. I believe in being proactive. That's exactly what I'm going to preach. So I really yeah. appreciate what you said about setting limits with your clients uh, so that you can live the life that you advocate for. Yeah, I think that living the work is very important to me. I can't show up and ask other people. Healing is healing is beautiful and worth it and expands your life. And it's hard. It's hard work, you know, and I see my clients showing up and doing the work of resolving the patterns of their past and moving through their limiting beliefs and taking the time to train their nervous system and learn to come back to their body again and start to create a safety in their body where as their body can be very, as it can be a scary place to come back to at first. And I see them all doing this work and I cannot sit with them in that practice. If I'm not doing it myself that I just couldn't. And I also feel like in my own life, things got to such a point where the, the pain of not doing the work was, worse than the difficulty of healing. Right. And so I know for me, it it just is the way that it is. My life up to this point is what it is. Sometimes do I wish I hadn't gone through some of the traumatic experiences I went through in childhood or, or the things of the recent past. Yeah, absolutely. But the truth is that I did. And 
I carry all of that around inside of my body and inside of my old brain and my nervous system. And so just my truth of life is that if I want to be able to live the life that I want, I have to put some time into helping my body heal, to processing that stuff through my body and to constantly constantly be doing the work to, to care for myself and use those past experiences as teachers rather than be driven into really painful ways of being that just got extremely, extremely harmful, extremely threatening to my life really at some point. Yeah, totally. Um, I totally agree with you. I think it's, um, and I can relate to that absolutely in a different way a little bit, uh, but it still doesn't change the fact that it's a similar experience. Um, and um, I am thankful for that experience um, because it changed, it, it kind of removed the chip on my shoulder that I had and other things that, that is also um, a lesson. I mean, if I could choose to avoid it, I would have chosen to avoid it. But now that it has happened to me, I feel like, you know, I'm thankful for that experience. I don't want to live the life of a victim. I want to, um, to take charge of my life. And that's why, you know, I wrote a book and I started being visible and, uh, launch different programs and courses and things because of that. Um, and I, 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 and I can see that you're doing the same thing, which is, which is amazing. Yeah. Peter Levine, who wrote Waking the Tiger, which is one of the the big books on somatic healing, which just means like processing things through your body, not just your mind. Um, and he talks about trauma being the portal to our awakening and that it really can be a gift. It can be such a teacher. And so I do feel grateful. I know that this business would not exist had I not had those experiences that allowed me to really see, see how our nervous system drives our behavior and and to practice using the tools on myself so that I knew that, okay, if I have gone through this and I can use these tools to resolve this in myself, then it must be possible for others as well. And I wouldn't know that without that experience. Yeah, absolutely. And so now that you work, you know, you have this platform, talk a little bit about how it works, who the ideal candidate for that program is. So it works. There's a couple of different ways that people work with me. I have small group neuro coaching um, around energy creation, which is really a group for women, mostly women um, who are hard driving, but also exhausted and burnt out. And how do they, you know, they've maybe tried like meditation and overcoming things with their mind or cognitive therapy, but they keep just getting shut down by migraine, pain, fatigue and it's super frustrating because they feel like their body is the enemy and it's it's not it's really just trying to keep them safe so how can we learn to train their nervous system and give them some really easy to implement practical tools that can help resolve those patterns so that they can really enjoy this big beautiful life that they're creating and then i also have a group called food freedom um, where i work with people with disordered eating um and then I have an online platform where we meet pretty much every day on the site and we do movement and we do live nervous system training because I believe that the tools are great, but you have to use them. And so that's what I've seen the most in my 
applied neurology practice is that I can get someone out of pain and they're like, Oh my God, that's so great. And then I'll meet with them like two weeks later. And it's like, have you been doing your drills? And they're like, no. (laughs) And so it only works if you do it. And so I really wanted a place where we could come together and do it in community and people can ask me questions afterwards. And we can really make it a collective practice of nervous system regulation so that we move forward not just on our own, but, but we all heal together. And, um, it's been really such a gift. It's been such a gift for me to have that through this past year and a half of, of change in the world to have these amazing growth oriented seekers that I commune with to do this work is just, it's really neat. That's awesome. I love it. And, um, I mean, obviously, it's always the case uh, with guests on this podcast. I put the um, links and connection points in the show notes yeah. so people will be able to find you and connect with you. But um, kind of if you were able to talk to your younger self, what advice would you give yourself, your younger self? I would say you're doing the best you can at the level of your nervous system. Um, which is what I really believe to be true for all people. And I've always, until pretty fairly recently, been really hard on myself. And I think for me, one of the most powerful tools in healing has been coming back to sort of an actual practice that I do of self-love on not just like a, a fluffy way, but like really spending this important time with myself coming into my body being present with myself showing up for myself like I would show up for other people I'm in relationship with and I I I think the sooner I could have had that relationship with myself the the better my life would have been I just couldn't until I was at the place where I could but I would tell myself make some time make some time to be with yourself Awesome. I love it. Well, Elizabeth, thanks so much for being such a wonderful guest, for sharing such great um, insight and also Thank being you vulnerable. For me. Um, yeah, I really appreciate it. I really enjoyed our conversation, and I hope that our listeners and, and people who are going to watch this episode will enjoy it too. Yes. And if people want, I have a. Um... I have a free applied neurology course on the website. So if you just go to brainbased-wellness.com, you can sign up for it there and it'll teach you just some really practical tools for self-regulation and also how to assess and reassess things for your own nervous system to see if it's moving you in the right direction. And it's free and it's a great way just to get started with a little morning practice of self-regulation. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I'm glad that you brought that up. Thanks so much. Uh, thanks so much for sharing it with my audience. Um, and I thank you so much again for being you. a guest. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it so much.